Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Chris Snyder podcast, where I left off before. I had just had hamstring surgery. I'm about five at that point. I'm going to school as well. And about six years old, I'm going to school. I have an aide going to school in Corning. And I was using a walker. Now, that can be rough sometimes. A lot of kids have questions about the walker. And that's where um, kind of my speaking skills, my, my ability to talk and stuff came because kids would have questions about my CP and the walker and they would ask the teacher and then the teacher would come to me and go would you mind talking about this and you know I'm five I want to make new friends so I really didn't mind talking and for the most part um I had a lot of friends, and a lot of kids were helpful and understanding. I mean, but you're five. I kind of wish, you know, not that I'm a big political guy, but I wish kind of politics were like that. I can remember being five, and, and you just really wanted to make a new friend. And, you know, if you if you had a disagreement with your friend, you were over it in a couple weeks. You might get a little mad for a day, but you were back sharing juice and, and playing in the sandbox. And I think sometimes with, with uh, you know, all the political stances and everything going on, we can, we can forget to be friends and forget that we're people and forget that it's okay to have a difference of opinion. Like I can have an opinion that doesn't match yours and I can agree to disagree with you and take what you say with a grain of salt like maybe there's a grain of truth in there that's where that comes from um but anyway that's as political as this podcast is probably ever gonna get can't we all just get along but really um so that's where it started is that i had to talk about to to help make other people more comfortable and to help make me make new friends and understand that Sometimes, you know, as a student, even as a young student, I might need some help. That's where my ability to talk and and assimilate in front of people was born. Um, so I had an aide. So I had a um, an aide that was part of my IEP. So your IEP is your individual education plan and everybody who um, might might struggle with school or struggle to assimilate into school has one and it's kind of like you know a helper in school kind of like a second um, I used to call it a second mom because all of my aides were women I was more comfortable with women for the most part, and, and all my aides were women um, growing up. And uh, so that's where that was born. And around that same time, 
they said, well, Chris has a hard time writing and, and can't put uh, the words on the line. Um, part of that is because my wrist is turned, and so it, so it's hard for me to write in a straight line. My wrist, um, part of my CP is my wrist is turned to some degree, and I can't fully like open up my hand. Like if you were to give me M&Ms, I have to kind of cup my hand because my wrist doesn't fully turn. Um, I can't throw a full punch. I throw about a three-quarter punch um, to put it in perspective. And um, so writing was difficult for me. So they said, well, it's easier. We'll put you on a computer. Well, that gave me more friends because I was the only kid on a computer all the time. And I had a laptop, and kids like to play games and hang out with me. And I was really popular, especially in the mornings. And some of the teachers would say, hey, the kids can play games with you in the morning. And then when it's time to do school, we do school. And I was like, cool. But that's where that kind of got birthed. Um, and then God would put me through something else that would show me how much I need to trust him. Bear in mind, I'm I'm still, you know, a little boy, so I didn't quite understand. But all these things that God has put me through have, have anchored my trust in him my whole life. And um, they've showed me that... You know, he's always there looking back on it now. But I remember I always wanted to run. I love baseball. I love the Yankees. You know, I always wanted to be Derek Jeter. And, you know, I I thought that I could really get there if I worked really hard. And so I tried to run um, with a bunch of my friends. And I remember we were running from one point from the middle of the blacktop because we were playing outside. It was a hot day. Um, to a fence. And I got in my walker and I got started. And it was kind of like, you know, one of those cartoons you see, you know, like, here we go. One for the money, one to get ready and one to go. And I started going and I'm going and I'm going and I'm moving my little feet and I'm, I'm moving the walker for as much as I can go and I'm trying to find the inside line and boom I I start to feel not so good and and my eyes start to go kind of weird and twitchy and I start to feel kind of faint and and that that uh that gate starts to feel further and further away and it it starts to feel like you know kind of like an anxiety attack, like there's something on my chest and I just can't go any further. And I stop and I kind of faint and my eyes kind of go weird and I'm kind of fading in and out. And the last thing I remember is going with my grandma and and all the kids are worried and concerned and I can see the look and worry on their faces and I'm kind of worried because I don't feel too good and and my grandma picks me up and I go through all these tests afterward 
I talk to a doctor, tell them how I was feeling. They check my eyes because I've always had bad eyes and I needed glasses. Um, they check my eyes and they check everything. And they hooked me up. EKG, check my heart. Um, and then they, they realized that I had had another seizure and I'm five and I had another seizure. And so then the fear set in. If Chris has seizures all the time, if he's epileptic, if he has seizures all the time, um, what, what's going to happen? What does that mean? What does that mean for his life? Um, and so they they did a brain scan, EKG. They put this helmet on you, um, and and they they put this like petroleum jelly stuff all over your head, and they they scratch on your head, and and the person doing the procedure is looking at what parts of your brain fire, and I have parts of my brain the one part that it, it was really active they said your brain's really good it's really active you you your brain's always going you know like like it's 80 miles an hour kind of um most of the time i think that's why it's hard for me to sleep sometimes and hard for me to shut things down um i think that might be why i overthink because there's a part of my brain that maybe you know compensated for the other parts of the brain you know your, your body is pretty amazing um another superpower that i have as a person with cerebral palsy is because my legs don't always respond um to things as quick i have super good hearing um if you can remember the movie daredevil with ben affleck that's a really good a lot of people didn't like that movie. I love that movie. Shouts out. Great cast. Um, that's a really good example of what being a person with a handicap can be like. I mean, he was blind, but he had ultra-sensitive hearing. I do, too. Um, to be able to hear a car before it comes around to bend. To be able to feel, you know, a change in a weather before it happens, to be able to, um, you know, kind of, kind of have a sixth sense, um, still another ability that God gave me, but, um, you know, you can kind of develop and there's, there's other, you know, times where, somebody will lose lose a limb or lose some mobility and the rest of the body compensates for that it's um my legs arms kind of became my legs and and compensated and my torso and so everything that god knew i was going to face he prepared me for even even in those moments and and so they put me on a medicine and I was on that medicine until I was 12, and then they took me off, and they said, we don't see any more worry for seizure activity. But for a while, there was a worry for seizure activity, so I couldn't look at 
uh, bright lights and I couldn't look at certain strobey things and, and to an extent sometimes those things still bother me but I have to put it out of my head um, if I have a seizure or something it happens I mean but I'm okay and still live alone I still live independently I don't I mean I haven't had one since I was five but again God's protection and God saying okay this is gonna be just another layer of something that you can talk about something that you went through um, but it's not gonna affect you for the rest of your life it's just part of your journey and looking back there was times like that all the time um, where God protected me like I've fallen probably 8,000 times or more and to my knowledge I've never broken a bone um, except by on my own doing and we'll talk about that later but again um, maybe extra hard bones God's protection so um, and, and that's a that's a God's protection is a Bible promise. Um, it's there in the scriptures. Um, the Bible says that, that you'll be able to come under his wings and under his grace. And, uh, you know, that, that he will protect us from the fiery darts of the wicked one. He'll, uh, you know, help us through if we just trust in him. So, so every day, and every day is a battle in, in ourselves and in our flesh, and it doesn't really matter how strong we are on the outside, we have to be mentally strong on the inside. And so, again, I loved, you know, wrestling and everything was, you know, to work out to be strong like that, but I didn't realize how, how mentally strong God made me to match the physical, um, to be able to go through those things and, and and come back strong as a little boy and come back and go, you know, I'm still going to rock this world and I'm going to rock the walker and I'm going to do all the things. Um, it, it was a struggle sometimes. Um, another thing is I was a little, what they call them, environmentally defensive. I was a little defensive um, didn't like to have my hair cut because I didn't like scissors coming towards my face or anything coming towards my eye or, you know, anything like that. Um, probably because I had to have an eye patch. So my eyes were so bad, I also had to have a eye surgery when I was five. And I had to have an eye patch and I had to wear an eye patch every day to school to make my lazy eye because the muscles were hurting um were were weak to make that eye strong i had to wear a patch um but i had a great eye doctor and that was another thing that god used he used great doctors great people in my life um to help me accomplish things and so i've been going to physical therapy since i was five but just the i was thinking about it the the mental strength that God had to put me in at a young age 
um, it's hard to have an aide and have somebody follow you around all the time. It's kind of like it can kind of feel, you can kind of feel closed in. It can kind of feel like, you know, a second mom or like a paparazzi. And, and, and a lot of times it's a comfort, but sometimes it can hinder. And I had a pretty normal um, growing up outside of the surgeries and stuff like that. Um But when um, I grew up um, as a young kid, um, and, and I'm not saying this to say that I don't care about my parents, I love them, but I feel like it's important to note that it's important to foster an environment in your house that's conducive to learning. Make sure if you have a handicapped child, you're being their biggest advocate, their best friend in those times. Um, make sure that you're teaching them and uh, helping them grow. Um, my parents were really big advocates, but I also grew up where we struggled for money and struggled to make ends meet and we were blue collar and and sometimes you know almost poor but we were happy. I can remember happy times where you know it was Disney movie night and pizzas and and my parents were always funny. So humor became something that me and my dad could relate on, um, mostly. My dad was the funny guy. Uh, I say that I tried comedy. I tried it. I think he was naturally supposed to do it because um, he's just naturally funnier than me, and it comes natural to him, kind of like it came to, may he rest in peace, Chris Farley. Just, just like that, my dad was like him, and... You know, growing up in a house like that and humor was always what brought the family back. I mean, there were there were fights about money, there were struggles with bills, fights about life. My parents were young, and sometimes young parents do young dumb things. And I'm not saying these things to come down on my parents. Like I said, uh, the Bible says to love your father and your mother. Even if sometimes they're not always honorable and to show honor and decency. Um, and and that's what I'm trying to do. But I would be lying if I didn't say there were times where the fights and, and anger and goofy decisions um, didn't affect my ability to learn or grow or process and didn't affect what I seen at a young age. And so I just want to encourage parents with a child with a disability. I know all the pressures. I've seen them all. I've lived through it. But on the other side of that, um, try to make it the best 
environment you possibly can. And I know my parents tried. But always remember that the child is struggling inside and, and, and learning to assimilate and, and, and be who they are every day. And it's really important that they grow up with a good sensibility. And so if you feel that your parenting is, is struggling, that you've been a little diluted because I know it's stressful, the, the bills, the extra money, the, the finances that go on with having a handicapped child, I know how I can get to you and I know the rigors. But always try to make the home environment or whatever environments make them happiest if they have you know CP or autism or struggle with assimilation, try to make those the happy environments, the happy places wherever they're most happy. Like if they're they got a favorite room, always make that space open and available. If their house is their favorite place, try not to take the work home. Try not to take the rigors of being an adult home. Um, let your kids and let your um, handicapped kids be kids. Um, that would just be my only advice. Um, cause it can be rough, but yeah, I had an aid from the time I was five and then I would move to Addison at, um, third grade. So I would have been about... I don't know, I was about eight, but being around my parents and being around mostly adults, I had grown into, I was already a mature eight-year-old. I'd been through surgeries and, and, and CP and all these things, and so I was already pretty much a maturing person. I would say I was mature for eight, and I really excelled at school. School was one of the places where I really excelled. And um, really did really well. I, I got good grades and that was my place um, to really, you know, that was where success started. Success started at school and I can remember my dad saying, your education is your biggest responsibility. And so... Um, that, that stuck with me, but, but you see the birthing in the process of, I didn't realize it and, and, and you don't sometimes when you have, like, I feel I have a gift for speaking. That's why I'm doing this, but you don't realize the gift is the thing that comes most natural to you. Some some people can sew. Some people, you know, are just really good at talking on the phone and, and persuading other people in good ways. <laughs> Always make sure it's for a good thing. But there's natural gifts. Some people are just really good at talking to other people and they make good salesmen. But that's where the natural gift was birthed. And if you don't know where the natural gift is birthed or what your natural gift is... I challenge you, it's the thing that you're doing well and you might love it and enjoy it. It might be your most favorite hobby. 
but maybe you're supposed to be making money at that thing. Maybe you're supposed to be teaching other people that thing. Maybe you're supposed to be helping other people find themselves like I am with that thing. So, you know, everybody has natural gifts, natural talents, natural seeds that they have to sow into into the world. Um, that was kind of discussed. Um, take a look at Finding Your Gift. Dr. Miles Monroe. Um, he's since gone, but there's some wonderful videos out there. Um, and he, he expands on that further. Um, but yeah, I excelled at school. And just, you know, school was my proving ground. And I liked it because I was smart and had a lot of friends. And um, But I, I don't write very well. Um, thank you for podcasts and computers and modern technology because what it really does is for 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 kids that struggle or um, that people said we're gonna go in this direction with them, um, I would I would say teach them how to write, teach them cursive. I I know how to write, I don't do it well. I know how to do cursive, I don't do it well. Um, so if I if I write something, it's a little bit more of a struggle. Um, but I don't struggle with this. And this allows me the platform, allows other people the platform that, that may struggle to see. That's why books are in Braille. They may struggle to hear. That's why we have better auditory things and hearing aids. And I'm thankful for those modern advancements. thankful to God. Because he's seen all that. But he still sees the potential in me. He still sees the potential in all of you. In everybody. Everybody struggles with something. But there's something there. God has put something there to help you. And it's mostly his word. And especially now. The Bible says at times like this. You know, we got all this stuff going on. People will be hungry. And they'll be starving. And he's not talking about food. He's talking about the the he's talking about getting something good from your father in his spirit. He's talking about um you know reading the Bible and learning how to apply it. Um if you struggle with reading the Bible like I did, there's versions that will show you well this is what it says and this is what it means outside of the Hebrew language. This is what it means. This is what they're trying to say in the Old English. Um, you know, if you want to read the Bible, get get with a get with a study group, but um, God's talking about that and he says don't worry about food. Don't worry about, you know, dating or anything like that. It says in Matthew, it says, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all those other things will come to you. So I, I want to take it a step further. If you seek first the kingdom of God and, and you do things, you know, for his sight because you love him and, and you do things with a pure heart. Um, the Bible also says, do everything unto the Lord with a pure heart. If you do that and you seek his wisdom and his guidance 
and and his his ability to tell you no, which we'll talk about later. Um, he's gonna give you that gift, and that gift, that gift is gonna yield you things. It's gonna put the right people in your life. It's gonna help you build the right team. It's gonna bring you the right husband and wife, whatever the combination that you want may be. But you have to get in agreement and alignment with him. Um, he says, don't worry about, he says, people worry about what they're going to eat and what clothes they're going to wear and all these things and all these things that the, the, the secular world think matter. He says, he says, you know, don't, don't think about these things. He says, think, think about the birds of the air, um, for they nor, nor sow nor reap. So, so they don't. They don't. They don't tithe. They don't put faith seeds in. The Bible says we should, but they don't. And and God still takes care of them. And He says you are more important than they are. And I've put gifts and seeds and things and things for you to do in front of you. And and everybody has a race that's theirs. A race they run. Um. We get really caught up in athletes and, you know, movie stars and what we think is is these larger-than-life things. But your your greatest race might be maybe you're supposed to adopt a child from another country. Your greatest race might be maybe you're supposed to love that woman that thinks she's unlovable. Your greatest race might be maybe I'm supposed to teach somebody Carpentry, so they can go on with their life. Your greatest race might be, um, you know, I'm supposed to be a teacher. That that might be your gift, and all the gifts are needed. So I I want to challenge you to manifest your gift, and that's what that um, it's a it's a YouTube thing. It's Miles Monroe. I just want to shout it out again, and that's that's going to be a vital resource for anybody who listens with an open heart. And he kind of talks about that. Um, but he was the guy that got me started. Uh, I would listen to his podcast before I worked out or before I did comedy, and and he was that was what birthed the thing inside of me, learning to manifest my gift. Um, But the Bible says just just focus on the things of God and he'll show you what your gift is. And then our responsibility is to run and run at it with vigor and, and, and run quickly and, and with perseverance and, and not to give up our our destiny is to find our gift and go, no matter what, I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use it to the fullest extent of my ability. And I'm going to see what I can make out of this. And all great people have done that. The actors that are there, they're there because acting is their gift. And they realized it. And they enjoyed it. And they loved it. But they honed their craft. And they worked. And they, they kept working it out. Just like a muscle. So they worked their gift like a muscle. Um, 
your, your faith has to be worked the same way. I had to work my muscles to become strong so that CP was less of an issue. But you have to fall in love with the work. Um, just fall in love with the small things. Fall in love with the everyday. Fall in love with the process. Um, if you're struggling with something, work at it. Fall in love with it. I struggled with math, but I should have worked at it more. But God gave me another gift. He gave me this. If you're struggling to relate to your kids, try. Go for something that they enjoy and try. And keep trying and keep knocking on the door. And even when they even when they say, I don't want to talk to you, know that they're listening and they want to talk. And just keep, you know, say, okay, I'm right outside the door. And then come back to the door. Don't give up. If you're struggling to... to Talk to your wife. Seek marital counseling. Um, if you're a single person and you're struggling to date, seek counseling. Seek spiritual counseling. Seek the counsel of smart people. Um, the Bible says you seek the counsel of the godly. Smart people seek counsel. They seek the counsel of the godly. Um, and... You know, even me, I have to seek my inner circle, my little friends, you know, my 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 circle of people that I trust. And I keep my circle small, but we'll talk about the reasons for that later. But I just want to encourage you, run towards God, run towards your gift. Don't worry about the trivial things. Just worry about your gift. Worry about the one thing. That's your present to the whole world a box just for you that only you can unwrap so do it and unwrap it and we're going to talk about um, in the next part of episode 3 of the podcast we're going to talk about uh, me going to Addison and finding true friendship and amazing things and how that set me up for success and all the happiness I found there. I care about y'all. I love y'all. Jesus loves you. Peace.